Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. Maybe science we don't understand. Who knows? I'm joined, as always, by my friend, co-host, and guy whose biological clock is in overdrive, Alex Tandino. That's right. All right, before today's just slippery episode, a little bit of business. It's official! We're on Patreon. That's right. Patreon.com slash Pod. This is the best way you can help us over here at the show. It's the best way we can help grow the show. It's also the best way to let yourself get more out of the show. Right? This is how you pull seed into yourself from the show, guys. We have a huge Patreon. That'll make sense in a minute. That'll make sense in a minute. We have a it huge will, Patreon However, it will not library. be any less gross. <laughs> Agree to disagree. That's fine. See, you get these playful banters. You get free episodes. That are made. You get commentaries. You get miniseries. Uh, you can even have us record a double feature. We're always working on the Patreon uh, to make the layers better, to make it more awesome for all of our friends who support us over there. Uh, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel, Film Alchemist. Email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. We're on the socials with you. Make sure you're sharing everything liking all that kind of social media bullshit that we all have to do. That's our real overlord these days of social media. True. And True. also speaking of other overlords, we're trying to defeat the algorithm. So make sure you're leaving five star ratings and reviews wherever and anywhere that you find the pod that helps us out. Just five star, a couple sentences. That would be great. Much obliged. All right. Enough of that business shit. We're here for one of the horniest, most wettest movies of the 90s. This was the movie that your dad would watch late at night when he thought the family was asleep so that if the wife crept downstairs, he could be like, what? It's a monster movie. Of course, well, who knows what he was doing? Who knows what he was doing back then? I'm not here to put images in your head. Like the movie Species does. Um, so this was a pretty seminal. This was like in that that sneaky group of movies. For boys my age, right? We wanted to find species. Mm -hmm. We wanted to find barbed wire. Mm -hmm. uh, there were just movies of this ilk, right? Where the the genre set decoration was protection against what we were really getting at, which is trying to learn what sex is, how we can have it, how we can you use it to be so good at it. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and species definitely fit in that category. It has an incredible cast. It has monster design by uh, Giger, right? That's a always a good sign. Yep. Um, and I have to say, it's it's clunky. It's got a lot of '90s shit going on, right? It's got that amazingly horrible '90s CG that just drops in from time to time. Mm -hmm. But I fucking love this movie far beyond the trappings of a more traditional spank bank. I think this movie just is so fucking weirdly delightful. It's so unhinged. The character, the actors are just making choices that, like, you have no idea how they're getting there. And they're just, like, slamming into each other, like, full-speed car chases. And nothing ever really makes sense or adds up. I have questions. But I just enjoy the shit out of it every time I watch it. I really can't. This is the alchemy. I cannot put a finger on what I love. Not put a finger in, put a finger on what I love about this movie. 
as Alex seems to be not like my analogies this morning. Analogies. I'm going to toss it to you. Alex, opening thoughts on species. I mean, I can't imagine a better intro than that. I, I don't disagree with any of the any of it though. Like the assertion is true. Like this was I think the first time I saw it, Ninja it, Scroll, right? There were movies our age where you're like, that has tits in it. There's that a has first. This is it. the first movie that, I, for one, I remember the alien design scaring the fucking shit out of me. Like, and yeah. this was like, that was being that was like a thing for me because it, it it legitimately freaked me out. The suit is pretty awesome. The yeah, full sale is pretty amazing. Legitimately freaked me out when I was a kid. Like it was, I, I my my grandparents uh, lived in Elkhart, and they lived off Lake Simonton, for all you Indiana folks, especially Northern Indiana folks. Um, so they had a house off Lake Simonton, and if you know, the lake is um, pretty gross. Like the lake is man-made, and kind of kind of gnarly. It has this very weird. Um, it's that lake, that lake color, that like the dark green, yeah, fecal brown. Yeah, it's the fecal brown color. It's like, Clearly, there's some suspicious stuff in there. Plus, like the greener, the green from algae and stuff like that. It's kind of gross. Always, but there's all seaweed at the bottom. So I remember as a kid specifically because I had seen this movie, the tentacle concept scared the shit out of me. So anytime I felt like seaweed when I was swimming in the lake, I was just like, Sil! I thought that was Sil's nipples. It was real weird. Like, one of the great underrated moments of the movies is when she uses her nipple tentacles to fucking choke my ass. Awesome. By the way, we have to have shots fired. We have to insult and start war with one of our dearest friends on the pod. If you listen to this pod, you know we love the boys at Junk Food Cinema. The king of which, Brian Salisbury. We fucking love Brian Salisbury. I would take a bullet for that guy, right? But Absolutely. today he can fucking eat the fucking alien dick. I went on I went on Letterboxd to try to find a full list of the cast. And the first thing I see, Brian Salisbury, King Junk Food, one star. His first line of his review, holy hell, the species suck. <laughs> you absolute rat bastard. Uh, it's I, like someone decided to remake Aliens while also trying to brainwash its audience. See, now he's getting all film school. But see, brainwash is, its audience against the core theme of Aliens. No, it's not, Brian. Because you know what the theme of this movie is? Every guy wants to die getting fucked. I think this is like... Everyone wants to die the, during sex, Brian. This is the charm of... So, okay. Besides my own personal <laughs> connection to species. This is what, like... The movie itself, this is like the charm of... 90s this is sort of a this the species is sort of an apex of like 90s sci-fi because there's a lot Event horizon yeah. there was some good like sci-fi horror in the 90s yeah so what you're getting here is just <laughs> chef's kiss of just super we're about to hit like when did this one come out was this 96 uh 95. 95 if you watch this movie as a movie i get how you get into the what brian's going at sure you like, have to watch this you have movie to watch this as, as a porn you have to watch this as a 14 year old boy or whatever age that you really felt like like but i'd say yes. between like if you if you were if you were a boy between the ages of like 10 and 14 i guess i don't want to gender this yeah. to be honest with you if you were a horny person between the ages if of 10 and 14 you grew up and baywatch was like an ordeal for you at that age this is your movie this is your movie like, th this yeah, is, this is such a specific thing. okay so let's get to the cast right 
cast is we've got stacked, a, by the way. Roger Donaldson directing. He had some some hits, right? Cocktail. He had some other good oh, yeah, ones. He knew what he was up. Uh, we got Natasha Henstridge, Ben Kingsley, Michael Madsen, Marge Hellenberg, Helgenberger, right? Alfred Molina, mm-hmm. Doc Ock. He learned a little trick or two from Sill. Yeah. Forrest Whitaker, my absolute favorite. <laughs> Forrest Whitaker is by far my favorite character in this movie. I know you're not supposed. Right. I know you're supposed Baby to be all Baby Michelle about Williams, right? This movie that, is fucking, fucking stacked. stacked, dude. From top to bottom, this movie's stacked. So, I'll and it you. just it starts off at a blast. Let's start here. This movie starts off in a fucking rocket ship. We wake up in a government facility. Mm-hmm. We get some title card about SETI that means nothing to the rest of the movie. Not a fucking thing, right? It's that they tried to get communications, then later we find out they did. They kind of ape that uh, Twilight Zone episode to serve man, right? They yeah. do the exact beat from that. We see, start this, off, there's a young, see, pretty a, Michelle see, Williams. Already, we already a, have Griffy Catnip with the title cards, so. But it, I wanted more. I wanted more. I know, catnip. but they've got you there already. Like, this is already. They started, they, 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 they fucking ripped my shirt open, but they, yeah. didn't, they didn't lick the nip, you know what I mean? No, they just. They have to. They, they, just, they just tweaked a little, they, they, you know. It was just a little. They yelled at me and they said, "Do it yourself." And I said, "Well, that's not as fun." Now I have to buy a new shirt. <laughs> now we're going after Kinks and Brian. This is a wild episode. <laughs> Fucking Brian, one star, Brian Salisbury, one star. Sometime. All right, I still love him. I'll let this one slide. This is the cinema line strike one. That's cinema strike one for Brian. <laughs> but. It starts off, right? Girl in a box. Ben Kingsley's up there doing sad face. By the way, I Whatever. completely, he gives her the, completely forgot Ben Kingsley was in this movie. 1,000%. I'll make the case that you're supposed to forget Ben Kingsley's in the movie. That maybe that's why he did the acting he did. Because it is the fucking weirdest, most bizarre Ben Kingsley performance of his entire life. It's, it's fucking insane. So he says, I'm sorry, right? Sure, yeah. The girl gets roasted. She breaks out. Sill breaks out, is able to run. She fucking kills a hobo rapist, uh-huh. has a fucking sex wet dream of, yeah. like, two Giger monsters rolling around in this viscera. Yeah, yeah. We're off to the right. Ra- this movie shot out of a fucking cannon. Mm-hmm. More correctly, this movie is a fucking ejaculate shot out of a genital. Light speed. Fucking two, light speed entry into Two days this in a row we've gotten to ejaculate in recordings. Me, well, <laughs> that's... That's why you're here, right? You don't want those highfalutin takes of other podcasts, of those junk food boys that want to talk about cinema. You're, you're here to you talk. You want to hear about ejaculate with your ejaculate old pals here at the bottom. <laughs> the horniest movie from the 90s. That's right. Let me ask you a question. Let's just start this off. Mm-hmm. Ben Kingsley definitely had sex with this thing, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think Ben Kingsley got to it as a pedophile before... Sill could defend herself. Yeah, I mean, he definitely. You don't. Here's His the, performance is so fucking bizarre. I think what's really fascinating. Something is absolutely off with this guy. This fa- is not just a normal scientist. I think what's fascinating about Ben Kingsley's character and like that opening scene, just the way it is. And then if you think about it, echoed through the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Pretty obvious he definitely. Like her aversion to men. And the men that approach her a lot of the time, and then when she dispatches them, so to speak, like that first scene she where she's like about to get down with that classic '90s, you know, goatee and long hair guy, and she ends up plunging her plunging her tongue through his face, like nice. that. 
is a great microcosm for the movie is like it's not like oh, oh be careful with the horny alien lady that'd be bad what it is is like she has already had some sort of trauma with the men of this species men of this planet so why would she think yes. that they're going to be any different it's that it's the there's hobo. something so All absolutely dudes. off with him yeah there were like five shots at the end right Hey, we think Syl died in a car accident, right? Like, one of the worst fakes of all time is they find a skeleton in a car that's full of fucking, ex- like, ten times more gasoline than it needs, right? They find a skeleton that's wrapped in fucking Steven Tyler's scarfs and a pink rope that has its thumb missing. Its thumb is conveniently in the door. Right. The skeleton is in the fucking passenger seat. And they're like, nailed it. Clearly, a hundred percent, this thing that can run well, and like, flee and kill, nailed it. Here's the thing: one of the very next thing, Ben Kingsley's watching them try to like fuck around the bar, right? Michael Madsen at peak cool and sexy, Michael Madsen, right? Where like for the first time in a movie, he's like, "Oh, I get it. Like that guy could fucking get it in." Yeah. What did they show Ben Kingsley? Him fucking stalking them. Yeah. And then there's a shot where he's like, "I'm gonna go get in this stairwell before everyone," mm-hmm. and he looks back as if he's hiding a secret. The movie never fucking addresses it. They have this shot like fe- fucking ten times where Ben Kingsley I think is just doing is, like a I have something to hide and he refuses to ever reveal what it is. I think the secret is that he definitely had sex with that. That's what I think. Alien. The only girl. question I have is wouldn't her biology snap to and snap him? Well, I mean, I don't know. Is that? can't believe i'm gonna say this in the movie species is that the one you have to give (laughs) (laughs) without without the uh the subplot of just fucking horrendous intergalactic sex crime this movie doesn't work guys well no here's the one i have to give this is another weird thing so ben kingsley just being a fucking creep through the whole movie it's one of those weird performances where you're like i with like a fucking college level acting training Mm -hmm. I could have done that role. I could have absolutely done that role, and you wouldn't have known the difference between me and Ben Kingsley. He's bringing nothing to this movie, okay, which is insane. Let's, let's let's stop that for a second. Listen, I think the guy who was Gandhi is certainly phoning it in for species. Okay, sometimes you just take a job. So let's. I'm just saying, I don't accept that. If you fucking sign the contract, fucking do the movie, you little whiny bitch. I think he's playing it as a fucking pedophile. So you've been passionate about every job you've ever taken in this industry. I've never gotten paid to be in fucking species. You would see my fat body cartwheeling around the fucking janitor's closet. Well, but like, you know, just, you know, the correlation is sometimes you get hired for jobs. Sometimes you take the, take it for the money. Sometimes people offer you something cool. That's it. No, no, no. I get it. There are sometimes jobs that I've taken that are jobs. Yeah. That's and yes, acting is working. Yeah, but you're not like in a coal mine, right? I, I know. You're not bussing tables for Karens that are giving you no tips and fucking giving you shit all day. I don't disagree with it, but what I'm saying is, is there is a there's a correlation. Sometimes yeah. you just take. I'm a saying job. Ben Kingsley hit the lottery. Pull your head out of your a noose as if you're still too, and fucking give us something. Or maybe he's playing it directly as a fucking Dahmer who's hiding everything, and that's what makes sense. I mean. I think it's completely likely that that's what the scenario is, but I also yeah. want to assume that Sir Ben Kingsley isn't just some scumbag who would take a job like who'd read Species and go, whatever. I love the assumption that he read Species. 
this has a real like studios pulling in favors vibe. But I like to read it as that he's he's playing it as a dumber. Because there's something definitely wrong. That first scene when they burn Sill. Yeah. A single tear rolls down his eye as he says, I'm sorry. I'm telling you. he. What's know. he sorry for? Is the cyanide fucking fills the room. Definitely, what are you sorry for? Definitely had sex with her. Sir, or sir, or at least sir tried Dingsley. to. Yeah. And then at the end, he just gets fucking unceremoniously like pulled in the water and dies. It's not yeah. even a thing. I think this is another thing that's kind of fascinating about the movie at large is um, overall, like, it's their assumption. <laughs> this is the thing. Uh, it's their assumption. Like, when they go to that guy's, uh, the guy, the first guy she murders, the dude who tries to push her into something. Mm-hmm. It's their assumption that the reason was because he wasn't a suitor. Because they, when they're cha- while they're chasing her down. Yes, this was the heartbreaking moment when, of my life. This is how we know that Griffey wouldn't survive this movie. This might be the only one we can absolutely verify that Griffey wouldn't survive. But here's the I thing. I was fucking pissed, but he, by the way, when this scene If I'm being honest with you, this is the thing. And I, this is what I personally don't necessarily agree with. Which is why, Griffey, I think you might survive this movie, so to speak. I, that is an assumption that the chase team, like Marg Helgeberger and uh, Impath, Forrest Whitaker, and the gang. We'll get to that motherfucker. And the we gang. To- <laughs> this is the thing that they're assuming is that, oh, well, she's trying to find a mate and she's trying to find a suitable mate. This one, how is this one defective? To be honest with you. The reason the guy was defective was not because he was diabetic. The reason he was defective is because he fucking grabbed her and was like, that's better. Like, tried to get her. Because he was a rapist? Face. Yeah. Like, to I me, love right before because Michael Madsen's like, we're looking for good guys only, not creeps. And they're like, oh, fucking Ricky Bobby went up with a blonde. Yeah. Who had a brawn, only a brawn. And they're like, cool, thanks. The very next cut is him like, I'm going to rape this girl. Yeah. And I was like, like what the fuck is happening? This that's... movie has a lot of rape vibes. No, it totally does. But I think that's like the key. There's something about that that's really interesting to me because it's that is the that's the assumption that the strike team has. I don't know what else to call them. Team speed. That's what team species has assumed is that, oh, he's not a suitable mate because he has a, you know, a medical issue or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like maybe it's because he was a fucking dickhead and didn't know how to treat a lady. Yeah, Maybe they're an advanced alien culture that understands manners. Yeah. yeah, like maybe in their species they don't have to worry about things like so, not accepting consent. So to that point, I do not. think... That's right, because that's the thing. Here, there are two problems I have with this scene that made me really mad. One, again, to com- to combat Brian's right, Brian's reveal. We're just gonna make this whole episode about Brian. I'm sure he'll love that. This is not a movie that's fucking fighting the themes of Alien, right? The theme of this movie is that we all want to get chest burstered. Right? That's how us men want to die. If you pulled most men and you said Sill was on Earth and you get one crack at it and then you die. Like, do you think Alfred Molina was actually sad at the bargain he had made? This fucking sad old fucking nerd who's just watching Michael Madsen's dick swing through the movie. He wants to fucking get with his co-teammate. That's not going to happen. He goes to talk to the girls at the bar. That's not going to happen. He walks in his room and here is this fucking beyond beautiful woman who just throws him down with the strength of 10 sailors right anchors up dicks in it's go time 
Do you think in that moment of death, he might have had a half a second where he's like, no. I bet he was just mad that he didn't get to go longer. Because <laughs> my son was like, can I watch this movie with you? And I was like, maybe. And he watched the first little bit. And then as I was like, oh, God, I like clicked back to me what species was. I was like, you can't watch anymore. Right. So he barely made it to her like adult transformation. Right. <laughs> he asked me, he goes, Dad, is this a scary movie? I was like, no, not that scary. Eh, not for me, but... Mm. And he goes, do people die? And I go, yeah. And he goes, well, then why is it not scary? And I go, there's way worse ways to die. <laughs> there's way and Hunter goes, like cancer? And I said, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'd rather get fucking silk. I want to be chestburstered, right? right? This isn't alien. This is chestburster scene, except the little thing is a vagina, right? And you're the, the fucking torso. That's what we're looking at. Everyone wants to die this way. That's why this movie is fun and popular. Here's another thing. I have another question. I had actually forgotten completely. I don't even remember what point I was making. I was just really defending that we all want to die to sell. Oh, yeah, I was mad about diabetes. That's what I... Yeah. Diabetes. Well, what I was saying earlier One, was... I was saying, judge my seed at its strongest, right? My children aren't necessarily going to be diabetic, right? Oftentimes, it skips a generation. Mm -hmm. So you'll have powerful griffy bods with fucking alien tentacle tits and shit, right? First off, how dare you? Secondly, isn't the alien DNA doing 95% of the work? Does it really matter? Like, is Alfred Molina in this movie really the fucking pinnacle of what you're going for? We see her have her her wet dream that looks like an old fucking 90s R&B video about Michael Madsen just fucking chest bursting her. Right. Right? Is Michael Madsen even the fucking peak? No, the alien DNA is doing all the lifting. So first off, how fucking dare you impugn the diabetic community? Well, this is what I, well, this is we what I was saying. We can sling. We can fucking saying, be hybrided. Though. This is what I was yeah. telling you, is that I don't think right. it has anything to do with the fact that the, that's, other people saying it has to do with the diabetes their contention is that's why she said please drive me back i'm uninterested or maybe that was a moral test she was giving him i think it's a moral test and he failed you I mean, can't he, just, said he said cool babe let me you give you a big just, dog t-shirt and i'll drive you back down the hill you can't just sexually enslave and mate with anybody to create a hybrid that's not right. how that works you have that's to right. find the right guy even she's going to be raising men. She wants them to be respectable. Yeah. Even in men a, who are going to submarine our even species. In a, sexually even speaking. in the nineties, the species situation, you need to find a respectable man. That's true. All right. Let's bring up the next thing that I was confused by that I had forgotten about. Cause when you're younger, when you were my age, when you watch species a bunch, you weren't necessarily paying a lot of attention to the ins and outs, right? More just the ins and outs. If that makes sense. Here's something I had forgotten. Scylla is in the bedroom. One of my favorite scenes is she's in the bedroom with this lady who she's abducted, right? She's got her all tied up to her bed. She wakes up from a Michael Madsen wet dream, and she starts seeing, like, they have these really kind of cool dream sequences, right? Like the giant skull train, the Giger sex monsters, right? Michael Madsen kicking the door down like it's a Janet Jackson video, right? Like, and she's going to fuck Michael Madsen. I had forgotten this scene, and I fucking loved it today, where she goes, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I am. I don't know why I'm here. And she has this like existential crisis because Syl is less than four months old in this film. Yeah, which always, made, the other, which like, always made me yeah. uncomfortable. Always. She grows so fast, right, that they evolve in a different way than us. But she says, I don't know who I am or why I'm here. Right. 
So the DNA sequence that the aliens sent us, that Ben Kingsley's immediately like, well, they sent us this amazing fuel. Might as well start growing organic shit with the DNA. Like, I don't know if he thought that we were going to get like fucking hybrid oxen that could replow the fields or what he thought was going to happen. This seems like a pretty logical thing. Also, there's more of those ovum stored in a government facility. Neither here nor there. Right. When Syl is awakened, right, as a child, she's scared. And then Ben Kingsley makes her more afraid. Right. And then she runs. Nowhere in that DNA is kind of this collective hive mind memory of what her purpose is. Right? There's no way that the alien race that sent this communicates with her. Here is your purpose. She is really left here as just this odd anomaly in the middle of the planet. Right. The movie contends... (laughs) That had she not seen late night infomercials, late night sexy infomercials and hair product commercials, she would not have realized that sex is the maw with which to drag mankind into. Because at first she's just hanging out. She's just a young cell. She sees these sexy late night ads, right? Like remember when we were young and you'd watch like Howard Stern went in and Pure Moods commercials would come on? Like the X-Files theme and shit. Mm-hmm. just weird shit girls gone wild so sill sees this and then immediately he's like let brain, me check yeah. the let me check the make and model in the mirror right right right, right. <laughs> and then immediately he's like where can i find a man so this alien species has no fucking influence on what's happening at all she has no fucking biological or mental fucking picture of what she's supposed to do had she not stayed up late watching tv she probably wouldn't have become a sex craven monster. So what we're positing here is that yes, okay, I can I can buy that. It makes sense. I'm just saying that there is no fucking moment of her saying that I have a mission to create more of me in spread until she fucking sees those commercials, which then sends now, her see, on the hunt right. for pipe. This is which the- then she's like, "There's not a lot of good pipe here." I'm going to have to do this myself. Now, this is the rub. I'll agree with you on the second ah, nice. second of your points. Yeah. <laughs> what I'd say, though, is that the movie is actually positing that spreading the seed, quote unquote, perhaps is an instinctual thing for the alien itself. So it's not. I'm that- just saying she does not do that until she see. Or are they saying that 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 hair commercial is an alien broadcast? No. Did they send down a little alien exec no, who became no, 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 a little no, no, part no. of a marketing no, team? No. Now you're now you're stretching it. No. That's not a sleeper cell thing. No. She has no idea what she's to do on Earth. She watches TV twice. One says earthquake and warfare everywhere. Right. Right? So she knows to be hostile towards us. The second time it's late night sex ads. Sexy ads. I think and she's like that's the nuclear bomb. Well, that's how you're. It was gonna... late night infomercials, which the beast killed. I think it has more to do with like, I need to populate. So, you know, I. I she has I, no mandate for that. Well, I mean, it's an instinct. It's like we see that. Here's a question: Do you think that the flashes are some kind of imprinted in memory? Because she does have a lot of wet dreams wet dreams i mean it could be anything what are those dreams are those supposed to be the sleeper information 
Uh, yeah, look, I, the Prodigy video she wakes up to. No, I have no idea. Like, there's like absolutely no. Like, I hate to go bees the fire starter. <laughs> yeah, the like you know the smack my bitch up outtakes that she like fall, falls asleep and wakes up to. I have no fucking idea what that is, other than her May- just okay seeing her true form. That's a good point. Maybe my entire theorem is wrong. Maybe our sexy commercials activated her in her quit dreams. But she had it as soon as the fucking rapist hobo, who she fucking pretzeled, that's when she starts having the first sexy dream. And then later she sees the train like this. That's a dick coming to eat her up. Right. I Ah, see that. You think there is sleeper information buried within her. I think that might be right. Maybe I'm wrong. I think she is. I think it's a. I think it's a. We'll uh, let the alchemist decide. I think it is the nature of Syl that's like buried deep within that activates. It's it's like, um, you know, it's an instinctual thing. It's not like she purposely like anytime she anytime she kills like the first two kills she does, which is uh, the um, the strangle with the tentacle tits. And then um, the tongue out the back of the guy's neck. Those are instinctual kills because... She kills that lady when she's cocooning. Sorry, that too. My bad. That's just like a hand bursting out the hobo. Yeah, she's just kind of like fighting at that point. Right. But these... But later she's fucking... These things are instinctual. Like, it's not like she plans to seduce So you these don't blame people. our rampant culture of sexuality. I blame our ramp. I blame the rampant '90s culture of sexuality for wow. giving, for allowing her the access to know how to seduce men. <laughs> it's like a Cologne commercial. If she's no, I did foremost, like the line where where fucking like, Alfred Molina's like, "This is a perfect environment for." Her. He's like freaks with no friends. Anything goes. <laughs> and Ben Kingsley's like, "Los Angeles is where the battle will be fought and won." And I was like, "What?" The- but he's not wrong. There's something for everyone in L.A. Look, L.A. is a diaspora. Would I have probably been things. at one of those places where Syl found herself? Yes. Yes, I would. I don't. <laughs> uh, no, you weren't a club guy. Well, I was a specific kind of club guy. Yeah, I was not in there fucking dancing to Too Short and shit. Yeah, I think you would have seen like. Love that dude, though. Like, here's the thing. You would have seen like uh, the see you would a, a diabetic sees another diabetic from afar. You would have oh. seen that guy and be like game recognized game. <laughs> I also have a lot of wit dreams <laughs> and watch late night in you, you would have seen that guy and been like, nah, he's no good. I so these this is the the hinging piece of evidence that I'll submit to the audience where they can decide if this was us or the aliens. There's a chance that these biological dreams. That Ben Kingsley is the nightmare that she keeps seeing. Totally. He's the dick train. He's the other monster smothering her underwater before she knows what she is. Right. Before she's biologically prepared when she's less than a fucking month old. Maybe Ben Kingsley is the wet dream. And Michael Madsen, who she sees debating with Ben Kingsley, is the fucking knight who's going to bust through the Janet Jackson door and save her ass. So it still could have been us. I guess, yeah, that makes sense. It was sense. a combination of Ben Kingsley's crimes and late night TV that made Sill. I mean, look, I'm not saying that 90s television doesn't rot your brain. Like, you know, we do a fucking yeah, podcast. Guilty. We do, we do a fucking podcast about it every week. Evidence so. right here. Yeah. Right here. This guy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> literally living proof that it absolutely right. does. Uh, All right. We got to talk now about Forrest Whitaker. 
Uh, the empath. Forrest Whitaker, I love him so much. Like, one of my favorite actors. I think he's such an interesting and amazing actor. Uh-huh. His character in this movie is the most fucking worthless character who's ever been in a movie. His powers never once are used to any help. He still... Every scene he has, he comes behind them, sits down, he gets a little sweaty, and he says the most obvious thing out loud. Yeah. So either he's just an absolute hustler who's got a great game going on. He's sort of right? like... Where he um... just is getting checks, he knows he's full of shit, they know they're full of shit. Or... This is the weirdest addition to a movie that never comes close to affecting the film of all time. I mean, I could give you the movie opinion. I could also just say, like, from a thematic perspective. That I think he's hustling. Maybe he's fucking the government to death, check by check. No? No. <laughs> I mean, I think we all know how much money the government makes. Uh uh, Forrest is doing his part, taking him down <laughs> notch by notch. But, like, okay. <laughs> For a long time. Like, I remember watching this movie and not... When I was a kid, I did not know what an empath, what an empath was. Because that's how he describes himself in the yeah, movie. Yeah, neither did Forrest Whitaker's character. Well, I had no idea. neither here nor there. That was, like, the... That was the thing that when I was a kid, I was like, the hell's an empath? I'm like, oh, yeah, he's psychic. I'm like, oh, that's not what that is. It's sort of... You know he how I, feels so deeply that he can understand what they are You know how, how I describe it is um, uh, you didn't watch Star Trek The Next Generation when you were a kid. I did. Um, uh, um, Deanna Troy is um, on. He's, she's the ship's counselor. Yeah. Same thing where she just like. You're saying that sh- he's the Melfi? No. Oh God! No, 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 no! We can't. How dare you bring Sopranos into this? Uh, no, it was a uh, no. Like the joke, a lot of the time. I mean, Sills the Tony for sure. Absolute coos hound. <laughs> the joke, a lot of the time, in uh, in about Deanna Troy in Star Trek: The Next Generation, is that like she's the ship's counselor and she has some sort of vague psychic link to a lot of people or that whatever. Mm. But the same thing is going on, which is like, does she? What is going yeah. on? Like, is this Excuse an actual power me? or are you just making this shit up? Like, I think <laughs> about that a lot in this movie, especially with Forrest Whitaker, which is like, I think just because you can intuit what happened doesn't make yeah. you empathetic. Well, he goes, she's mad. I don't think she's afraid of us. No fucking shit, dude. It's like one of those things you're like, she's mad about the yeah. fact that you guys exploited her, and then she's she mad that you grew her in a petri dish, and then immediately fucking stirred that dish with your dong, yeah. Ben Kingsley. Yes, someone's tried to rape her like four times. In this she's movie? mad. Yeah, yes, she's probably a little upset. They even give us a hint that Sill is minorly psychic in the movie, so those two should be having like a scanners battle. But all he says, he's like, hey, man, I hear my buddy next door fucking, and there's no way a human woman would do that. <laughs> Bust the door down. No human woman would fuck my friend, Dr. Molina. <laughs> yeah, fucking Michael Madsen fucking peels himself off the bed like an old Velcro, and then he's like, we're off to war. It's Dude, that scene when Sale Kool-Aid man's out the door, amazing. Fucking great. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just her belly's not full of Kool-Aid, but Molina spunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was going to be a gross episode, no matter how no, we did yeah. it. yeah. I mean, there was no way it wasn't going to be some sort of It's stickiness. impossible to get past the effluence. We can't not talk movie. about the stickiness of this movie. <laughs> the amount of your dads, listeners, fathers, and uncles who were stuck to themselves watching this movie. Astronomical. Like, one of the highest, like, non-pornography jerk-off movies probably of all time. Tell me, though. Yeah. Was that... Dude, even the aggressive sex scene. That scene when uh the fucking lady doctor, the ginger doctor, is like, stand up. And it's like this horrendous, like, the back of Michael Madsen's thighs. Like, he's Mrs. Robinson. And she's just looking up like, oh, my God. Like, his dick is a Scooby snack. Like, crawling forward isn't for the blowjob. Isn't that one of those, like... I was like, God, they're just like really up in this. Like, Isn't that this one of those like shots too? Like that sort of reverse gender thing. It's like, oh, it'd be cool. It'd be like between the men's yeah. legs, there's a chance yeah. you might see a dick. It's like, I don't want to see that? old fucking white thighs. Yeah. Right? Like, Nobody wants to see the. And the way place. she go rewatch that scene if you want to see where this movie's brain at. Her face react like she's crawling forward. It truly is like to do the <laughs> blowjob. Yeah. Also, I was like, "There's no way his sciatica let him fall backward like that, and then he could stand up the rest of the movie." There's no. Michael Madsen had big sciatica in energy in this. Movie. But again, like this was this was probably the last movie he. We have was... to sleep in my room. That's where my CPAP. This was the last movie he was like any sort of sex symbol in, almost because like this was. I mean, it tailed, but, like, I got it when I saw this movie. I was like, he was cool as shit. Sure, dude. He puts off the vibe. Like, it's not like he's he doesn't got that, put the vibe that big there. dick energy going for sure. Absolutely. I thought we were going to see that energy flop into the top of that fucking Mrs. Robinson shot. But I was yeah. just like, that's not necessary. Come on. They're, they're the scientist team. <laughs> Michael, I, I worked on a show, and Michael Madsen did the voiceover for it. They had to do this big oh, negotiation. Yeah. We paid him a bunch of money. And, uh, but Michael Madsen never spoke to us directly. He always spoke through uh, this guy who he said was his agent, but was probably just some dude he had on the payroll named Bruno. Nice. And uh, <laughs> I would always have to, we'd have to drive him to the, um, we'd have to drive him to the post house to do the voiceover for the show. But because he would only speak through Bruno, I had to text Bruno to let him know when the car arrived at his house. Because he lived in he lived in this weird gated community, like not like Bel Air or anything. Don't be putting all this shit out there; they're gonna come for him, dude. But he, but he lived in some gated community out like way past the west side of L.A. And uh, so we'd send a car service out there for him, and he would never register that he got the car service. So I would text Bruno or call Bruno, like Bruno, the car is there for him. He goes, "All right, I'll let Mister Madsen know." And twenty minutes would go by, and the car service guy would be like, "Hey, is this guy coming out, or what's the deal?" And I was like, "Uh, hang on." And I call him like Bruno. Do you know where Mr. Madsen? Do you know where Mr. Madsen? He goes, "Oh yeah, he was hungry. He was having lunch." And I'm like, "The car's there, man." He goes, yeah, "What are you gonna do?" I'm like, "Shit, that is pretty cool." <laughs> like this is Michael one of those Madsen's things. still alive, right? Sorry, that's what I was googling. Yeah, Michael Madsen. Like, he's still alive. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah. But yeah, just, just such a weird. But that's the series. vibe. Yeah, it's. <laughs> This movie's so fucking weird. Can I? Can I actually? Can I say my? my oh, favorite? I forgot another funny thing that I mo I remembered this time watching is I was like when the car accident happens and they're like the helicopters were cleared to fire missiles in the hills. 
I was like, there are just all these rich producers that have their windows were just blown out. Is there firing missiles? Dino Dino De Laurentiis is like, no, no, neither here nor there. Actually, can I say, can I can I say my yeah. favorite? I know we're supposed to like like different Forrest Whitaker moments, but my favorite moment in the movie is when they're outside that nightclub. Yeah, and he puts his hand on the ground. Is like, what are you doing? Knock oh yeah, he's off. doing the fucking Bill Pullman from like, Twister. Mm. <laughs> okay, so that that scene in Microcosm <laughs> is hilarious because one they do that. There is an image in that thing that is so fucking ridiculous. He's walking towards the van, yeah, because he thinks he intuits that Sill might be here. Shocker, yeah. And these two homeless guys go, Ooh! they jump out like it's a haunted house. <laughs> and if you watch, the camera hangs, and the two homeless guys, we have no idea what they're doing, no context. They just slowly. They slowly sink back into the behind the dumpster. They're just slowly like they've been deflated. It is one of the funniest oh things I've ever God. seen extras do in a movie. It's awesome. It's just it's everything around Forrest so Whitaker's character. Well, like here's the thing: he's an so empath, stupid. but he doesn't understand that they may be lying to him. Yeah. That the iced tea is a Long Island and not an iced tea. I like these iced teas. It's yeah. like what the. Dude. is happening it is always like because you can't say he's psychic because you're in a for some reason there's some line you don't cross in a science fiction film of this caliber it's so bizarre <laughs> like how about this the scene when they're like here's a, a brilliant microcosm of the good and the bad of species the scene where they're like i know what our next move is there's an unstoppable fucking alien that we've seen like that the scene there's two scenes in concert right so one we've seen that a skateboarder causes a Venice Beach accident where Sil gets fucking mowed down. <laughs> and she gets hit into a fucking bus stop. And she can regrow her own shoulder blade, right? Yeah. Then she fucking uh, attacks and kills with what might be another titty tentacle. Like a full circle from Mother's Teat to Sil's Teat. Right. She hot tub kills the fucking cheese and grapes guy, whatever. Neither here nor there. The scientist idea is, you know what we need to do? Let's just grow this some bitch, right? Without the human DNA, which tells us that the DNA sequence didn't need to be enhanced with humans. That was a fucking Ben Kingsley thing. Way to go, Kingsley. Right? And they're like, we should Wait. just grow this. Wait. Is Kingsley... You think he nutted in the experiment? Yes. Is that Kingsley's uh, DNA? Maybe it's not yeah. this. I mean, granted, it still could be a weird sexual oppression. Papa, that can you putting, hear me? But yeah, is this like a daughter? Well, no, father, I mean, then he's not thing? a rapist. He's just a guy who's like, then his performance makes sense because the rest of the movie's like, God damn it, I don't want to have to tell everyone that I drop nut in the fucking Petri dish. <laughs> that would make... Uh, some sense that explains the secretiveness because everyone's done that thing on the job and they're like god i hope no one finds out yeah that makes sense that but here's the scene the scientists say you know what we need to do let's just breed another alien so right. we can learn its weaknesses that'll be easy totally forgetting that within three months this thing was able to withstand cyanide and fucking karate roll out of a window yeah climb a fence and kill a hobo and then they're like, oh, the camera went out as we're fucking injecting this thing. Uh, we got to go do it. Forrest Whitaker's an empath who doesn't say, hey, Ben Kingsley doesn't have your safety in mind. Yeah. Right. Mm. Or can intuit that this fucking clearly sentient 
seed is going to be mean to them. This was the time when Forrest Whitaker should have put his hand on the glass and ominously said, I sense something's amiss here. We shouldn't yes, touch exactly. Anything. That's and what Ben Kingsley's it. just like protocols. Like I, oh, this makes sense with the him nutting in the petri dish. I always follow protocol. Go back and look at <laughs> my track record. Nary will you find a protocol broken. <laughs> there is not a single protocol I've never broken. What about that one where you nutted in the petri dish? Nope. Shut it. Shut I it. Never. How dare you? How dare you impugn my science? Clearly, I was aiming for the wastebasket like a grown up. How yes. dare you? Clearly. But that scene is cool. That scene is fun, right? They hit the little firebomb. The thing gets out. It's growing uncontrollably. Michael Madsen's hitting it with a pipe. And then I love that because they're like, we can't let them out. It'll breach. And then they just, he just like fucking linebackers Ben Kingsley out of the way and they let him out and it's zero problem. And I was like, that scene in microcosm is the species story. (laughs) (laughs) This movie is just wildly out of control. Nobody really knows how to stop it. You're just like, I guess we just let this go until the end, huh? Yeah, there are characters with backstories and, you know, powers that should come into play that just don't. We're going to hit an alien with a stick. The stakes are high, but not high enough. I think that's a good way to put it. That scene is a microcosm of the movie, which is quite frankly like, I guess we'll just see how this goes. If you threw some big-ass tits in the middle of that scene, or nice big-ass booty, that is the entire fucking trailer for the movie Species. Yeah. That's the one thing that scene doesn't quite get to. Like, if that thing would have grown instead of a fucking amorphous blob Mm -hmm. into just a raging cock, like an attack cock, that would be the Species story. Yeah, like like that train cock from the Her Dreams, yeah. That's right, that's right. It was really like... It looked like a fucking, like, Godsmack video. Neither here nor there. Uh, she the alone. ending fucking freaked me out a lot when I was little. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scenes of an engorged, breasted sill in that fucking nightmare dream, or scream. Yeah. As her fucking tits are bulging and her stomach's bulging. And it's funny, because when my actual wife was pregnant and giving birth... This is what was going on in my mind in the delivery room. Oh, dude. Because the body goes through an inordinate amount that me nor Alex are qualified to to fucking talk about the fucking nightmarish transformation, transformation that a woman's body goes through. Not on the outside. It's like it's just an insane thing that their organs are like, make way. You know what I mean? It's just fucking crazy. Like their body's right. rewriting itself as an adult like they're an alien. Yeah. I mean, um, it's it's. It's but insane. that engorged her laying on the back. Like, I was seeing that in the birth of my first child. Um, we see a little white boy walk out. So clearly the alien DNA means nothing. Right. Because uh, Alfred Molina is not having little white blonde haired boys. <laughs> Just saying. Clearly our DNA is not helping overwrite anything. Right. Uh, it lampoons a rat with the tongue. It's fine. It's fun. Then we kind of get some bad CG. Yeah. The CG is not good. Well, you know what's interesting is I, I thought this was a really fascinating, like, filmmaker thing at the very beginning. Because I know you kind of have to do it at the end here, even though you kind of don't. But, you know, technology is could have had a little kid in a suit. Technology The technology. suit always looked a little bit like Maria from Metropolis to me. Oh, absolutely. But 1, with, like, more pronounced titties. I thought that the first time I saw it when I was a kid. But... 
what I'd say to that point is what I there's something there's see there's so there's bad CGI throughout the movie. The CGI at the very beginning when Michelle Williams is like being cocooned. I love the technique. And this is one of those things where like you're watching it in the editing room, you're like, okay, we this this looks like shit. I can't do like you're mm-hmm. like you know they were sitting there and like this looks bad. What do we do? Like, well, let's just like, you know, make it let's just put a black frame every like two seconds so it just goes and sends flashing and like people aren't necessarily paying attention. Once someone have a seizure, it'll be fine. Just tell them to close their eyes. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Like I think Yes, that's a good technique. Like even then we'll allow a tentacle or whatever. Yeah. Once we start seeing like Sill's offspring in full alien suit jumping that's where the CG it looked like that cartoon show I used to watch reboot. Yeah. Remember where it was like they were in a digital video game city and they do like weird fucking computer games. It was a fucking weird cartoon. Yeah, totally. But it was cutting edge to us, right? It was like, holy shit. Yeah. Computer animated cartoon. But I really, yeah, like, you know, this is the. And still just goes out with like a whimper. Like it's not. It's an anti It's not a worthy ending. I also just think that. She punches through a giant steel door. Kills Ben Kingsley easily, can swim like crazy. I mean, I guess she has moments after her body got wrecked giving birth to a litter. Because <laughs> at least two of them. We don't know how many. At least two. But I wanted Syl to have a moment. And honestly, I would have just had her drop back into human form. Right? Just do that Terminator thing where she's picking people up by the throats. Yeah. Like, I, I think, think that would have they... helped a lot. The ending of this movie is a... Well, I'm not going to say that analogy might have been even too far. <laughs> it's it's a dribble. Let's put it that way. You can oh, pull it. Oh, God. It's, it's I a, know exactly what you're going to say. It's a dribble on the sheet of the film. It's not It's not I, where we're trying to go. Well, I think for what we got, the ending is just so an, it's oddly anticlimactic. I think also. Yeah, this is a world ending event, they say. If she yeah. has a kid and they can start banging each other in three months. Yeah. They were going to run through the population. Because as we see, no one in the movie can say no to her, to having sex with her or taking her to her apartment. Not that we blame any of them. (laughs) She also might have fucking alien pheromones. They never discussed that in the movie, but she could. Right. I think ultimately what is truly heartbreaking about the end of this movie is that it doesn't end with them just taking over the planet. Like, it's always one of those things where I'm just like, why do the humans have any movie other than, like, Alien that I watch? (laughs) Like, this one kind of particularly, I'm like, why do the humans have to win this? Like, I know, like, well, we know they're not. It's just mathematically, it's going to take a while. Yeah. So, fuck, like, I, because I thought the, I had mixed the ending of this one up with, I believe it's Species 2, where there's, like, an entire fuck barn. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just, it's anticlimactic. Yeah. Like, the moment she busts out of Alfred Molina's room, I'm like, the movie's pretty much a fucking rocket to that point. Yeah. And then it's this weird, why is she in the tunnel? Why is she, like, letting them know where she is? She should just stay underwater and drag all of them under one by one. And then, oh, she's incapacitated. She's having kids. Like, it just, it all just starts. It really is this, like, drunken sprint to the credits. 
that is kind of a sad place for this one to go. I just like right? we save Forrest from the lake of fire. We blow Sills head blow off. Her head off. Like it just. All right. Like, it's one of those '90s things. He has like, this terrible line like "Let go, let motherfucker. Go. Yeah. Let go, you motherfucker." I'm like, that's the. It's best just not you even a cool with? line. Yeah. Well, here's my question: What would have been your actually? Can we rewrite the line? What, what would have been have your said. What would have been your quip? Close your lips, you intergalactic bitch. Not bad. Maybe. No. No. Mm. I don't know. It's a little wordy, you know? Or I would have said, suck on these tits. Oh, wait. Hang on. This is what... This is, oh, I, yeah. Wait. I think I've got it. Point. Michael Madsen points the shotgun at her face. Yeah. Survival of the fittest. Blows her head off. Oh, nice. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, Ride this huge hog. Oh, that's good too. I like that. This is why this is why writers do drafts without showing people. Yeah. This is, this is the very early one. <laughs> Our real scripts are way better than that, I promise. <laughs> I think it's gotta be a sexual double entendre. Yeah, that's good too. Right? If her vagina is this cavernous place where our species is going to die. We've also seen her titties try to kill him from hanging. I think those are the tools that we play with. I know you've been waiting to see this hog. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's run a train. <laughs> oh, and then he throws her on a subway track. <laughs> oh, damn. Why were we asked to Ass to ass. And then maybe Forrest Whitaker had, like, a small gun in his ass crack, and he, like, reaches back and grabs it. He's like, oh, pfft. Anyways, there should have been a double on because that line is that if, line is kind Madsen, of that's if, the white banner that just says the movie doesn't movies care. over that that if, movie. That line was a real like this is a letdown. Madsen pulls the shotgun out from heck ass and puts it right at her face to mouth. Not. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. dude. <laughs> or he's got like comically huge scissors like they cut ribbons with at building sites. Scissor this. Oh, that's good, too. I like that. Ooh, that's nice. Some sex act. Where'd you Some get those weird, building Whatever the sex act they were doing important. on the girls. <laughs> Don't ask that question. Again, this is how the writing phase goes. We will do literally 3,000 of these worst jokes you've ever heard. And then maybe one of them will rise to the surface. One of them will land. <laughs> but I think we're at least trying harder than the writer of Species did. Yeah. That Let last go, line is an absolute <laughs> wet noodle. But this is the thing to, to again to to talk to our pal Brian's point. I think a lot of people look at this movie and they just get stuck on the things that suck about it, which are myriad. What I like is again we get this weird science fiction horror porno that has a pretty fucking good budget, right? Because I know we talk about this with Lobo, like we don't get a lot of these like weird kind of horror movies now that have enough budget and production value anymore. Yeah. Like, this movie now would have to be, like, under a million bucks. It'd have no one in it, right? It'd be whatever you could do with it. And the 90s was this great time where these movies could sneak through and have this incredible production value. Yeah. These incredible... I mean, this cast is fucking insane. At least two of these guys went on to win Oscars. Yeah. I think right? the, the midsize... Uh... The midsize, the midsize sci-fi budget movie from the '90s is gone, which is sad. Yeah, now those are like hundreds of thousands yeah. of dollars. Now it's like maybe a, a million if you're lucky. Yeah, now it's like a tentpole movie if it's yeah. good enough, like a Dune, or it's um, yeah, or it's like a million dollar movie. 
Right. But that's what I mean. The the production value is good. The actors are good. Everything in it is just weird and baffling to the point you can't turn away. It's fulfilling its kind of sexiness quota, right? Yeah. Like, I wish we would get a species in theater every year. And it's- we just don't really get many movies like this. Now, I guess something like this now has to be so much more clever, right? Something like Malignant, right? Something in that, like, ballpark. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the new version. But it's so much slicker and more clever and this one just or it has sits to be just so the, the fucking spunk of it, or it has to be just so baffling and kind of awkwardly, uh, like, like kind of like middle finger to the audiencey, like under the skin. Like, and I, I like Under the Skin. I think it's a fun movie, but like, it's also one yeah, of those things. Yeah, this can't exist as an art house. Movie. Yeah, like, or Actually, it has you to be totally like that. See how this would go towards Under the Skin. Yeah, totally. Like this totally. is like. A, a body that's sexual, sexualized. Yeah, this is like way a progenitor oh, of like an under the skin type. Thing. Yeah, call us A24. We'll make your fucking artsy species. No, actually, I just, I, I like these kind of movies that we just don't get anymore. And this is a late night uncle movie, and it fucking still works. This is not a one star movie. It's no. certainly not a fucking five star. I'd say. Two and but a half. depending on what you like, it's somewhere in that middle. And it's a really fun rewatch. That's all I'll say. That's it for Species. That's not it for the alien invasion. This month, aliens invade the pod to commemorate our fifth year as a podcast. So thank you guys for staying with us for all this time. Man, well over 500 episodes now. Thank you guys for that. Uh, if you want to be kind and help us out, man, if you can. Patreon.com slash Pod. Every little dollar helps. Thank you guys so much for the support over there. Means the world to us. The YouTube, Film Alchemist. The email, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. We're on all the socials you're on. Help us out. Share likes. Make sure you're leaving five-star ratings and reviews uh, wherever you find us. Help us get through the algorithmic linebackers. Try to keep us out of the end zone. Uh, That's it for us, man. We'll see you next week with an amazing tale of Alien.